So today has been sort of a hectic day. We are getting ready to leave for vacation. And we got an email today saying that like there's probably a water leak and we have used 1700 gallons of water in the last three days, which is absurd, honestly. So we're trying to get ready to leave for our trip in a couple days. And we got that email and it was the middle of the day. I got that email when I was on the way to the gym, just already not having it. I didn't really eat much before I went to the gym. I had just a light snack because I was planning on coming home and having lunch right when I got home. But then I came home and got busy looking for this water leak. And then I started to feel myself get a little angry, <laughs> a little frustrated, but I had a quick protein snack and then kept trying to figure out this water leak situation. Anyways, I got caught up in all this stuff. Normally I eat lunch around like 11 or 12, um, like 12.30 at the latest. And all of a sudden it was 3.15 and I realized I had not hardly eaten anything. Now, usually when something like this happens, we immediately go to, I need carbs real fast. And especially if we're stressed, right? It's like carbs, quick energy. It totally makes sense. Our brain and our body is like, I need quick energy and I need it right now, so please feed me. And it's really hard sometimes in those moments to take a step back and be like, okay, but how can I actually nourish my body so that I feel better in 15 minutes and I don't have this huge sugar rush and crash? And that's something that we're going to talk about today because we are going to get into blood sugar. And I know you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I don't need to worry about blood sugar like that. Only matters for people who have diabetes. Um, And I used to think that too, but the truth is that it actually matters for all of us and it's important for all of us. So we're going to get into that a little bit today, but what we're actually going to be talking about is period pain and what that means about your cycle and your fertility, along with my three favorite period pain cramping hacks. So welcome to Hormone Bestie. I am your host and Hormone Health BFF, Erin, and I'm so excited to have you here today for episode three. I think it's going to be an awesome episode. I am nourished now after dealing with our water water leak, and I'm so excited to be chatting with you. As a general reminder, um, these podcasts are for educational purposes and are not meant to be taken as personalized advice or guidance. If you are loving these podcasts, I invite you to hit that follow or subscribe button and leave me a review if you are okay with that. This helps other people like yourself find the podcast and it keeps you up to date on any new episodes that I release. Without further ado, let's get started. If you have ever found yourself laying on the bedroom floor in the fetal position, just waiting for your period to end. Girl, I have been there. It's actually one of the reasons that I went on birth control in the first place, just to come off of it and have the problem come back with a vengeance, which is how I ended up here, using my nutrition degrees to help people like you struggling with hormone health and fertility. Period pain and extreme cramping is one of the most common symptoms that menstruators have to deal with, but it's actually not normal. This can be a sign that there's something deeper going on, maybe even a sign of hormonal imbalance. This hormonal imbalance can turn into a cycle because it's not just the pain that you are experiencing, it's the pain that then turns into you not being able to be active, craving all things sweet, and needing to take a ton of ibuprofen, which then turns into more blood sugar imbalances, stress on the body, and limited movement, all of which can then make hormonal imbalance worse. While that might sound overwhelming, We can actually make it better. You actually don't have to be stuck in that cycle. 
And if you are trying to get pregnant on your fertility journey right now or planning to get pregnant in the next year, it's actually crucial that we get you out of that cycle now because these hormonal imbalances can affect your ability to get pregnant, have a safe and healthy pregnancy, and actually enjoy your fertility journey. One, because healing your hormones can make it easier to get pregnant. Just for starters, if the root of your problem is that you're not ovulating, we need to make sure that you are ovulating so that you can get pregnant and that you are producing enough progesterone to stay pregnant. But two, because sometimes your period is already a horrible reminder if you didn't get pregnant and you don't need to feel like crap lying in bed, not able to do anything because of the pain along with any emotional damage that you are dealing with. And if there's one thing that I believe, it's that you shouldn't be dealing with both physical and emotional pain at the exact same time. Now, sunlight cramping is normal, but the kind that knocks you out for a week is not. So let's dive in to my three top tips for period pain and cramping. Number one, like most hormonal concerns, we need to address the blood sugar issue. If you listen to episode one, we did touch on this a little bit. But blood sugar regulation is not only affected by your hormones, your blood sugar then affects your hormones. Our body functions in constant cycles, y'all, which is the cool thing about our bodies. They are constantly regulating and adjusting to better meet our needs. So you might be thinking, why can't it just fix itself then? If it's constantly regulating and adjusting, why can't it just figure this out on its own? Because we live in a world that is constantly stressed, over-caffeinated, high-functioning, has difficulty with appetite regulation and food, and to be quite honest, right now is very sad and dealing with some hard-ass things. And all of these things take a toll on our bodies. All of these things affect our body's ability to regulate and adjust to the constant and ever-changing environment that we live in. So now that we got that out of the way... Blood sugar. By definition, blood sugar or really blood glucose is the concentration of glucose that is in your blood. Now, we need glucose in our blood. If it was zero, you would be dead. Blood sugar has been so over-demonized it kills me. It's not that blood sugar is bad. It's that the constant rises and falls can affect our energy, inflammation, and yes, hormone regulation. Really, at the end of the day, We just want it to be more level and even throughout the day, not for it to be gone. So if you are looking at a graph of your blood sugars, you wouldn't want it to look like a crazy roller coaster, just like a very mellow children's roller coaster. Get what I'm saying? We want some up and downs that you don't really notice throughout the day. Your body is still regulating, but it's not fighting constant fluctuations versus the highs that you can definitely feel of the crazy topsy-turvy up and down roller coaster that leaves your tummy queasy and you wondering why on earth you ate all of that cotton candy. So how does your food affect your blood sugar? I'm so glad you asked. Our blood sugar is largely affected by carbohydrates, which means we actually do want to eat carbs because they give us the blood glucose that we need to keep us alive. Literally, if you don't eat enough of your carbs, your body will feel the need to compensate and make them from the stores that it has built up. So let's think through this. If you are trying to decrease stress on the body, we probably want to supply it with the nutrition that it needs. It doesn't feel like it has to overcompensate for what you are not giving it. But here's the trick. We want to combine our carbs with foods that help slow down our digestion and help balance our blood sugar. This means protein and fat with our carbs. If you are eating a meal, I would suggest including a good lean source of protein with a healthy fat or a source of protein that includes fat. If you are planning out a meal and your carb is bread or pasta, 
This could look like chicken and avocado added as a lean protein and fat, or it could be something like adding salmon, which would be adding both protein and fat at the same time. When we are thinking about snacks, we want to be sure to choose a carb and a protein. One of the perfect examples of this is if you are having fruit as a snack by itself. Fruit is great and wonderful and we should eat plenty of it, but they are still a carb. So we wanna make sure and add some protein. One of my favorite snacks is a piece of fruit such as an apple and a cheese stick or a hard boiled egg. Both are super easy to have on hand and to eat. They don't take a ton of time to prepare, but they make a really big difference. So looking at my example from earlier today, I didn't eat for far too long. And I'm sure at some point in there, my body felt like it needed to overcompensate and give me some glucose in my blood so that it could keep going and keep searching for this damn water leak. So once I finally had some hunger cues, when I actually took a moment to check in with my body and realized it was 3.15 and I needed to eat something, then, like I said, I took a step back and thought, okay, what can I feed myself that will give my body the nutrition that it needs? I knew I needed a carb, but I also knew that I needed some protein to go with it so that I didn't just have this huge sugared rise after not eating for so long because I would not have felt very good. So what I decided was to have a piece of toast with some brisket that we had left over from the night before. So I got my carbs and my protein. And then I also did decide to have some homemade lemonade because... (laughs) It just sounded good and I needed something happy on hand. Anyways, so focusing on blood sugar can help keep estrogen dominance down and keep period pain and cramps at bay. Not only that, but the better we control our blood sugar, the more stable and long-lasting energy we have because we aren't having the roller coaster ups and downs. We are having an even amount of blood sugar throughout the day. This also keeps cravings way down. A lot of times, cravings come from needing major energy. It's our body's way of saying, hey, I need some carbs and fast. So when we give our bodies consistent and balanced carbs, we are getting rid of that really need for that fast energy because you already have it. There's another very important step to blood sugar. So the next one is that you need to eat consistently throughout the day. Yep, that means breakfast and lunch and dinner and probably some snacks throughout. Really trying to eat every three-ish hours, especially if you're just getting started on your hormone health journey. Like we talked about before, going too long without eating means your body has to compensate, usually as a result of your blood sugar dropping, and then as a response, your body dumps a little sugar into the bloodstream, and before you know it, your blood sugars are a bit high again. It's that dang roller coaster that we need to get off of once and for all. So if you are skipping breakfast, yes, I am looking at you, or lunch, I'm looking at me, or dinner, just please don't skip meals. But particularly breakfast, after you have just fasted all night long, this can be really important because if you do fast all night long and you didn't eat like dinner very late and then you don't eat breakfast, you can end up going a very long time between dinner and lunch, giving your body lots of opportunities to feel like it needs to make up for what you are not eating And that can just cause that extra stress on the body, which we want to eliminate. Okay, let's move on to tip number two. So this is going to be replenishing our minerals, particularly magnesium. Y'all, magnesium is my favorite mineral slash electrolyte in the world, and it's going to make a big difference in your cycle, definitely for period pain and cramping, but also for healthy ovulation, a more regular cycle, less mood symptoms, and less PMS. In fact, 
Magnesium deficiency has actually been linked to numerous PMS and period symptoms. Without enough of our minerals, our bodies literally can't function well, which is interesting because studies have also shown that a lot of people are actually not eating enough magnesium. And magnesium is involved in over 300 functions and reactions in the body. And even more, it can help improve our blood sugar. See, it all comes full circle. It also happens to be one of the minerals that can be depleted by excess stress. While magnesium is important throughout your entire cycle, by ramping it up during your luteal phase or the two weeks before your period starts, you can help to minimize the pain and cramping. While supplements can be helpful, I do encourage a food-first approach. What this means is that we try to improve magnesium intake by whole food sources first. Magnesium is often best absorbed when consumed in small amounts throughout the day rather than one large amount at one time during the day. Many things can affect how well we use the magnesium that we eat, such as the source, whether the food is high in what's called phytates or oxalates, which can bind magnesium and inhibit our body's ability to absorb it, and any sort of GI or digestive concerns. Digestive issues can play a really big role because if our GI tract isn't functioning well, it's really hard for our bodies to use the nutrients that we are feeding it. And we are actually going to get a little bit more into that in next week's episode. Because magnesium absorption is impacted by so many factors, it's important to choose a variety of high magnesium foods and eat them throughout the day rather than just choosing one high magnesium food and having it once or twice or every once in a while. Some of my favorite magnesium foods are pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, almonds, soy, kale, and dark chocolate. You will often see spinach listed as a high source of magnesium, but it's very high in a compound called oxalates, which, as we talked about before, can inhibit the absorption of magnesium. Kale, on the other hand, while also a source of oxalates, doesn't inhibit the absorption of magnesium as much. This doesn't mean to stop eating spinach by any means. It's just that it might not be giving you as much magnesium as you thought. It's still super important and an important food to add, and it can be helpful. But I just see that listed on a lot of high magnesium lists. And so that may not be the go-to magnesium food, depending on what what else you are eating. If you are considering taking a supplement of magnesium, make sure to be mindful of what kind of supplement you are taking. They are not the same. And always talk with your doctor or dietitian before starting a supplement. A few things to consider are that the most common supplemented form of magnesium is magnesium citrate. And this can cause some tummy upset and can contribute to things like diarrhea. Magnesium glycinate or bisglycinate, on the other hand, is much more gentle on the stomach. It has better absorption and may have a better effect on PMS symptoms, period pain, and cramping. It can also help with sleep, so taking it about an hour before bed may be helpful, but again, chat with your doctor or dietitian before trying, adding, or taking away any supplements. Now, last tip, but maybe my favorite, is the amazing power of ginger. Yes, this little root, veggie, spice, tea, and everything in between will do wonders for you. It's even been shown to be as effective as ibuprofen for menstrual cramping, so are we digging it yet? No? Okay, I'll tell you more. It has tons of antioxidants, which can help decrease stress in the body. It has anti-inflammatory properties. It decreases muscle pain and soreness and can help upset tummy and indigestion. All things that we are often dealing with on our periods. But how on earth do we use it to make it more effective? Number one, I highly suggest purchasing ginger root. It's inexpensive and fresh and can be a great way to get in all of the benefits. If you're not able to get ginger root, that's totally okay. It's not the only way to get it in. 
You can also use pre-made ginger tea bags, ginger powder, or ginger paste. Particularly during my period, I like to make ginger tea to sip on throughout. I will drink this warm or cold, but I make it by peeling a little bit of the ginger root, chopping it up, and steeping it in boiling water, just like you would regular tea. Sometimes I'll even add some lemon for a little zing. We also like to add ginger to our cooking. If you use garlic or onion when you saute vegetables, chop up some ginger and add that in at the same time. You can add it to soup, stir fry, or we even like to add it to chili. Ginger is honestly a very versatile ingredient, and I encourage you to just try adding it to different foods and see what you think. You might end up liking it a lot more than you would expect. It can be sort of an acquired taste, so I would try adding it in some different foods before you just ditch it altogether. We just talked about a lot. You might be feeling ready to tackle your period, or maybe you're feeling a little overwhelmed. If your period pain and cramps has been a constant throughout your life, it could feel like nothing is ever going to make it better, especially if you have been told that this is just part of being a woman or part of being a menstruator, but it is not. I wish I could wrap you up in a cozy heating pad and make it all better, make the world fair, give you equal pay, and yes, allow you to take out your uterus and put it back in when and if you are ready to have kids. But for now, what I can do is advocate and educate. So I encourage you to just pick a few things to try for your next period. Maybe that looks like adding protein to your snacks instead of just carbs or making ginger tea for your period or adding pumpkin seeds to your salad or just having them on hand for when you need a snack. If you are working on your fertility, really focusing into your blood sugar and mineral repletion can be key. You might feel like you are doing everything possible for your fertility, and I believe that you are. But maybe there are a few tweaks that we can make here or there to support your cycle even a little more. Whatever it is, make sure to do it with intention and really go for it. You have the power to support your hormone health, and I am happy to be here supporting you. If you are ready to ditch birth control, understand your cycle, and support your fertility through the power of nutrition, I invite you to join me on Instagram at erinlindorfer.rdn. I have some super exciting things coming in the next month, and I would love for you to be a part of it. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and I hope you have happy hormones. Bye.